Well, welcome back to another edition of the Bowlers Extra Podcast as we're on the road on this Saturday evening uh, somewhere in the state of Pennsylvania as we uh, make our way back uh, to uh, Indiana uh, after Purdue did come out victorious at the Bryce Jordan Center, 74-67 to to beat Penn State. Uh, Purdue closed the game on a 10-2 run after Penn State had taken a lead on a barrage of three-pointers over about a seven or eight-minute span where they hit seven. And Purdue went from a 13-point lead to a one-point deficit in a hurry. And it had the makings of a another Rutgers meltdown uh, where... Penn State was going to have the ball late with a chance to win, and uh, but that that didn't happen. Purdue Purdue made some plays at both ends of the floor. You know, Mason Gillis had a big three, Travion Williams a big three point play. Uh, in fact, Travion uh, seven, I think he had seven points, seven of his twenty one in the last five and change to 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 kind of push Purdue. Uh, into the victory column, along with Mason Gillis's big three-pointer that extended the lead to four uh, with about two and a half to go. Uh, so Purdue got some timely baskets uh, from you know Mason and Travion. They also made some defensive stops uh, down the stretch. But I, I really thought the key, one of the key moments of the game uh, was at the end of the first half. Uh, Purdue had given up a lead. Uh, they were down seven. They were, then they were up. Not don't have the notes in front of me, but then they were up, and then they got behind thirty to twenty nine. Um, you know, Zach Eady had three fouls. Travion had two. Purdue was going to play the last two minutes or so. Uh, without their bigs on the floor, something that we haven't seen this year for you know an extended period of time in a, in a close game. So they, you know, they, you know, Caleb first is the center and uh, it, the smaller lineup in quotation marks, which is really not a smaller lineup, but just it, it's smaller compared to uh, Zach Eady and Travion. But I, I thought when Purdue kind of extended that lead. And it could have, it should have been more, to be honest. Uh, you know, Purdue forced three turnovers with that group. Ethan Morton was on the floor, Sasha was on the floor, Kayla first, Mason Gillis. They forced three turnovers in that stretch. Uh, and if you remember by watching the game, uh, Morton was fouled on a on a flagrant, so he got two free throws. He missed, he made one of two, and then Purdue got the ball. I think Stefanovic missed three which really would have extended that lead. But I thought the way Purdue handled that situation uh, and scored those final six points really solidified their first half. I think they ended it on a 21-9 run. Um, but I also thought that carried over into the start of the second half. But you know what they did there from a defensive standpoint uh, is in the right direction. Uh, 
you know, I think Purdue's defense, while it was better today, you also have to take into account who you're playing, and that's not to degrade Penn State, but this Penn State's not the most talented team you're going to see uh, the rest of the year. Uh, Mike has done a great job with them. Uh, they're in every game. They beat Indiana uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, and he even went off in the post-game press conference because I think he was upset that IU fans look at Penn State as a bad loss for IU. And he, he's trying to change that narrative where it's a we're coming into Penn State and you lose. That's kind of what is expected because he's built the program up to a point uh, where, where that will happen. Now, he needs time. He needs more players. He needs a lot of different things to happen for that to become the norm. Like when you go into Mackey Arena and you and you lose, it's it's not that big of a surprise. You know, when you go into Mackey Arena and win, it is a surprise. So he's trying to get the program to that level. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I just thought the way Purdue handled those last few minutes of the first half was was a really positive on both ends of the floor. Uh, they, they were able to play uh, good enough defense to force those turnovers, you know, and keep Penn State off the scoreboard. And, uh, and uh, you know, I think with this team, it's not uh, how many how many stops you get defensively. It's when you get them and can you turn those stops then into points. And I thought Purdue did a much better job of that against Penn State than they did Wisconsin. Um and again, different different teams, different situations, but I, I think that pushed Purdue into the second half where they're able to quickly get a 10-point lead, uh, and then it got to 13, uh, and then they start hitting threes. Uh, you know, sometimes when teams get in that, you know, those mode of hitting threes, and we've seen it from Purdue, it's hard to stop because one guy feeds off the other guy, and then... They're, they're scoring by three, you're scoring by two, and all of a sudden they catch up. And you've got a game the last three minutes. Uh, but, you know, Purdue didn't let them come all the way back. Um, you know, they were able to hold it off. They were able to make some plays down the stretch. Uh, you know, they were able to challenge uh, a few more shots, you know, in the last two or three minutes than they did the previous five minutes. Uh, and that's kind of what you want from this defense you know again it's not how many stops you make it's when you make them and you know I thought Purdue had the timing element on its side uh, from that standpoint of being able to uh, to make make those stops I mean if you combine the last what would it be again I don't have my notes in front of me let's say the last three minutes of the game and then the last um, two minutes of the first half, maybe two and a half, that's, what, five and a half minutes, maybe six minutes, where Penn State scored two points, and Purdue scored 16, and Purdue wins by seven. Uh, those were two, you know, how you finish the half was was a positive for Purdue and how they finished the game obviously was a was a positive uh, so 
I think those are takeaways that can tell you something about where this team might be headed. Um, in the you know down the line here as they as they get through January, um, but there, you know there's there's a ton of work to do. But you know the other thing I, I think that is going to help them down the line. And again, you know you know you won't be playing the same team. But for the extended minutes that Purdue played without Zach Eady and Travion Williams, they did it at the end of the first half, as I mentioned. And they also did it, I think, for about a six- or seven-minute stretch in the second half. You know, I think Matt Painter was trying to protect his guys, uh, protect them from fouls, uh, because Zach Eady only played ten minutes today and had four fouls. Uh, that's not a good percentage. Um uh, you know, Travion was able to stay in the game for the most part uh, in the second half once he got in. But I think it was big for Purdue to to extend the lead, do some good things on offense, get some other guys involved, and and do it without their bigs on the floor because uh, there's going to be another game coming up. It's probably going to be Illinois. If you want, if you want the truth of the matter, it's probably could be Illinois with Kofi. That you know, Kofi probably can foul out Travion and Zach by himself. Uh, so they're going to get in foul trouble here throughout the Big Ten season. You know, today was a rarity where they both did it, where they both had problems. Uh, it was hard to get in a rhythm, and you know, credit Travion for coming back into the game. And you know, he was he was off, you know, in and out of the game off and on, but at the at down the stretch he was big, you know, scoring those seven points in the last uh, five minutes and, you know, putting Purdue over the edge, but you know, I, th- I think that's a takeaway from uh, the game is that Purdue did learn to play without its bigs, and it wasn't against a non-conference opponent, it's against a conference team that played really hard, that did a lot of things to disrupt Purdue uh, but at the end you know, Purdue just had too much you know, they just had too much, uh, or just enough, uh, to get by Penn State. You know, that's a team that's going to win. That's going to win some Big Ten games that they're not supposed to. Uh, they're going to they're, they're going to surprise some people. Um, the one thing that he, you know, Mike has got him doing is playing hard uh, and doing the right thing. And and he knows what he was facing tonight with with the talent on Purdue's roster, and he knew that he couldn't take everybody away and. Uh, he ended up leaving Gillis open, and uh, and, he, and he paid for it. And other coaches have done the same thing. You know, they've got to pick. You know, you can't take everybody away. Who are you going to take away? You know, it could be Gillis, could be Isaiah Thompson, could be Eric Hunter, could be uh, you know Jay Divey that you leave open. But you know, Micah, you know, rolled the dice on it, and um, you know Gillis stepped up, and he's. You know, Purdue is undefeated when he scores in double figures throughout his career, uh, and that's a that's a noteworthy stat. You know, stat because if he's getting double figures, that probably means other guys are scoring as well, uh, and you know, Purdue's able to uh, to win those games. And as I as I've written and as I've said, you know, they are a much better team with Mason Gillis on the floor right now, and. Um, and yet, you know, I think he, he's going to hold that starting position, and he's going to get the minutes at the four spot, uh, 
for the foreseeable future. And that's not, you know, you know, take away anything from Caleb First, who got off to a really good start uh, to the season, really made that position heavy on competition between Mason and Caleb. Uh, but, you know, Caleb First has hit a bit of a rut. Um, you know, some of it because he was out for, for a while with, uh, you know, COVID-related uh, protocols. But, you know, Mason Mason is a guy that's going to be hard to keep off the floor. And Purdue's going to need him. You know, Purdue's going to need him down the stretch in these Big Ten games. He, he just brings such a physical presence. And it just seems like every time he gets a jump ball or he, tie, he ties up somebody for a jump ball, it's Purdue's ball. Now, that's, you know, there's, there's no... Uh, there's no skill in that. It's just he's going to go after the ball. Now, I, I say every time, but it probably hasn't happened every single time. But it just seems like it happens uh, every single time. It is, And it does seem like every play that he makes is some sort of in, impactful play. Um, and, you need, you know, Purdue needs him to do that. Um, and they need to do it for him to do it more often. And then they need... Need some other guys to step up and, and, and do that as well, but you know those were kind of the highlights for me from the game. The one thing I would like to see from this team, though, and you know, and I, I tweeted about it. Um, you know, you get up double digits, and then, you know, you're forty six thirty six in the second half. You're fifty one thirty eight. You know, I, I think this team needs to show some killer instinct. Um, if it really wants to be an elite team. You know, I, you know, it, it Purdue's probably in the eyes of the outsiders have gone back and forth, you know, between being an elite team and not being an elite team. Well, I, I, I really believe they need to have some killer instinct, especially when you get on the road. A uh, team like Penn State, you had them down 13. You, you got to take that to 16. You got, you know, you got to get that thing to 20. Uh, you got to break their spirit. You got to break their will. And we've got to see that in Big Ten play from Purdue, where they've, just broken, broken somebody. They've been broken, but you know Purdue hasn't broken anybody yet. They couldn't break Rutgers. Um, you know they beat Iowa, but they didn't break Iowa. Iowa almost broke them. Uh, then Wisconsin, Wisconsin kind of, kind of broke them at the end. So you'd like to see Purdue, you know, when they get those leads, you know, just take it out and find another gear and. Um, Kind of show them that you know you you mean business this year. You know, there's a lot of you know know, Purdue has not run from what it wants to do this year, and that's a credit that's a credit to the the players and the coaches. They know what they want to do, but they've got to show it. And I think getting in a situation where you you know like tonight, you're up 51-38, 12 minutes to go. You know, you get to the next TV timeout at eight minutes, you, sh- you should be up 20. You should be up 20. And I understand there's another team playing that's practiced and prepared, and they're not going to give up. But at that point, Purdue's will needs to be greater than Penn State's will. Uh, and until they show that, you know, it's hard to put them in the category of elite. Now, they, they can still go win the Big Ten doing doing what they've done, but you're going to face too many good teams coming up, and if you open the door for them, they're going to, they're going to come out and, and, and get you. They're going to beat you. 
they're going to come back and beat you. You know, we saw that against Rutgers. Purdue couldn't put them away for good. Um, same with Wisconsin, up seven with 11 minutes to go. Again, you go to the, you get to the next timeout, TV timeout. You know, instead of that lead being seven, should be 15. So that's kind of what I'm I'm waiting to see from this team. You know, can they can they break can they break the other team's spirit? You know, that's what happens in football where you, you kind of break the other team's spirit through a variety of ways. You can you know pound them on the ground, you know, just continue to eat the clock and pound the running game, or you just kind of you kill them with big plays. And you know, and I think that's that's in my mind that's 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 the next step for Purdue. Uh, to to get back in the in the conversation of of elite and all that, I you know I still think that they're um, you know they may not be the the big favorite to win the Big Ten, but I still think they are one of the favorites. But now you've got Michigan State, you've got Illinois, and and, and those teams have always been there, but they seem to be. Uh, showcasing themselves a little bit more here recently uh, where you know Purdue hasn't hasn't done that hasn't stepped up and had that game uh, here recently that just makes you go wow that's a that's a big 10 championship team right there you know maybe it'll happen maybe it'll you know you'd like to see it happen on the road because that those those things are more difficult, but obviously it could happen at Mackey Arena because you know Purdue's really good at Mackey Arena and they lean on that home court a lot. Um, but we'll see. You know, I, I that's kind of the next thing I'd like to see from from them is just have that that killer instinct to just to put somebody away. And you got them on the ropes, they're teetering, and boom. You, you deliver the knockout punch. You crush their spirit. Uh, you make them think on the way home, back on the plane, what the hell just happened? You know, how did we get massacred like that? But anyway, hey, that's that's me. I can I can say that. It's <laughs> just, just one of those things that you know. I thought that I thought tonight would be that night, especially when I got up 13. I thought, okay, here you go, go uh, go. Uh, Go put this team away right now and make the last eight, seven, six minutes kind of irrelevant uh, in the in the big picture. But you know, Purdue just needed to get a win after what happened Monday, and now you know they need to get on a bit of a streak. Uh, Tuesday's game is in jeopardy, uh, as you know. Uh, Michigan had to postpone its game against Michigan State today because of uh, COVID protocols. Uh, I don't think it looks really good for Purdue to play on Tuesday. Uh, I think that's the direction it's heading. Doesn't mean it gets there, but that's the direction that it's heading. And where that game would fit in the in the schedule down the line, I, I have no idea. But Purdue could have another week off before uh, it plays, you know, Nebraska, and then you're back out on the road against uh, Illinois uh, and Indiana. Um, so. You know, we'll see what happens. Just stay tuned to all the all the channels where you check information regarding the uh, the Purdue Michigan game. Uh, I, I would say, as of right now, it's probably not promising, but uh, you know, we'll see what 
what transpires. You know, Michigan did play last week at Rutgers, uh, which was a good sign, and they waited till this morning to call off the game um, after you know another round of uh, of testing. Um, so, you know, again, if Purdue doesn't play Tuesday at Michigan, then it would play Friday at home against uh, Nebraska. Um, you know, the Michigan game at the beginning of the year was, you know, the marquee game uh, for the Big Ten. Really was. Uh, the two Michigan games against Purdue were, um, I believe, either the top two or top two of the top three games that TV wanted out of the gate. I think they give them, for basketball, I think they give them, you know, an opportunity to pick uh, X number of games and then let everything else kind of fall in. But I do know that the uh, the Purdue-Michigan game at Mackey Arena, I believe, if I remember my conversation correctly with someone that that was the number one game picked by Fox uh, for for TV and that's uh, the first first weekend in February it's one of those Saturday afternoon games and I think the the Michigan or the Purdue at Michigan game either was number two or number three selection uh, when the season started. Now, obviously, the TV networks would would change their mind right now based on Michigan's record, and probably change their mind a little bit on Purdue. But you know, we'll see see when we get there. We'll see if this game gets played Tuesday. Uh, if not, uh, the hope is it'll be rescheduled. Uh, it's, a, it's a game Purdue needs to play just because of the quality of opponent. Um, even though the Wolverines are really uh, struggling right now, uh, I believe the record is seven and six as of, as of this moment. Uh, they they haven't had a great year. Uh, a lot of young players, uh, but they still have Hunter Dickinson inside. They've got some other players, uh, a couple that played uh, on the U19s with you know Jaden Ivey and Caleb First uh, and, and Zach Eady. Um, so they've got some talent. Um, you know, as I said, they're supposed to play Michigan State today, and you know who knows how that game would have would have gone. Uh, but you know, here we are. Anyway, just stay tuned. Uh, check your check what you check for for, for information to find out if that game's going to get played. Uh, then, if not, Purdue will be back in action on Friday uh, against uh, Nebraska at Mackey Arena. Well, uh, that's going to wrap up uh, this edition of the uh, Boilers Extra Podcast. Appreciate you stopping by on this Saturday night or whenever you get a chance to listen to this. And if you have questions or comments or concerns, feel free uh, to uh, reach out. One other thing, and I know this is probably on the forefront of some people's mind, uh, you know, Brandon Newman didn't play. Uh, today against Penn State, he was available, but uh, he didn't play. You know, Matt Painter just decided to go with, uh, stick with the guys that were there in the rotation with 
you know, Jaden Ivey and Sasha Stefanovic. And, you know, it's no secret that Brandon is struggling uh, from an offensive standpoint. Um, when he struggles from an offensive standpoint, um, he's not giving you much else. And, you know, I think Matt just, you know, whether it's a one-game thing, whether it's something that carries over, uh, you know, who knows. But, you know, I, I think Brandon Newman can be really helpful to this team, but he's got he's to do it in the right way. And, uh, you know, I've watched, I've watched it too much this year where, you know, he gets in the game and, you know, he, he's got to jack up a three. He's got to... He's got to do something offensively, uh, or he doesn't feel like anything's worthwhile. Uh, where I think he can be a terrific defender because of his length and his athletic ability, and even offensively, here's a guy that's a tremendous free throw shooter, and he needs to get to the rim and get fouled and get to the free throw line. I mean, I think he's a guy that can really help Purdue off the bench because of his skills and talent and all the other things I've mentioned. But, you know, he's got to want to do it. Uh, and, you know, what this means for him in the future, you know, no idea right now. We're just kind of let this, this, this play out. I know everybody will, will uh, at least in their mind, be shipping him somewhere else. But I would just say hold the phone on that. Um, you know, we'll see what, see what transpires. Um, and uh, you know whether he can get himself back in the rotation uh, coming up uh, for the next game, whether it's uh, uh, whether it's at Michigan on Tuesday or you know at home or at Illinois or at Indiana or in a, another game. Uh, I I believe he's a valuable piece to what they're trying to do, and you know players go through this all the time. You know, this is where you've got to you got to be mentally tough and hang in there and do the things that need to be done so you get you get back on the floor. So we'll see what happens with with that situation. Uh, but I you know obviously I know people are interested in that uh, of what's going on there. Um, so again, we'll see what happens down the road. All right, we appreciate you stopping by. Questions, comments, concerns. You know how to. Get a hold of me, I think. Uh, if not, you can figure it out. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, however you receive it. Tell your friends and the neighbors to subscribe to the podcast, no matter how they receive it. Um, and then listen to it. Get some snacks. Get some Cheez-Its. Did you wake up the cheesiest cheesiest guy today whatever that commercial is from cheesy I woke up the cheesiest guy in the world coach well if you did that then all credit to you (laughs) alrighty well uh, enjoy the rest of enjoy your day whenever you listen to this appreciate your support and uh, stay tuned to see what finds out what happens with the uh, Purdue Michigan game Uh, on Tuesday. Uh, Until the next podcast, thanks for stopping by and uh, have a good day.